magic. But a few times in my life, I've seen things. Things I can't explain. And I've come to believe it's not so much what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. Yeah. We all know what that music means, right? It means I get to play Lego. Oh my goodness, really? What? Lego Indiana Jones. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I'm Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I'm Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, name them all. What? At Forever Fan Pod. <laughs> like what? Same handle, all the socials, and that's where you can find us. Yes, we are your hosts and thank you for joining us today. And we're going to have what I hope is a really good show, um... We covered Goonies in our previous episode, and we thought it was only fitting to cover Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny since we covered Goonies, and Goonies never say die. Is that because it's directed by Steven Spielberg, and this was directed by Steven Spielberg? Well, Goonies was also inspired by Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. And I mean, you even said during that review that it reminded you of Indiana Jones? It did. That's right. So if you haven't seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny yet, you will be spoiled if you listen past the banter. So, it's July and Kimberly is enjoying her birthday month. I'm trying to. It's a lot. Come on. Well, there's a lot going on, you know, between writing. I've got three books I'm writing. Writing? (laughs) Writing. I went writing and editing. And there should be a a word called writing. Yeah, well. Because writing and editing at the same time is kind of hard. You invented it already. I did. Writing. It's writing. But Uh, I've got a lot of that. i got the podcast going on. We've got editing that doing. We've got the giveaways. Yes. Speaking of giveaways... We've started our 100th episode giveaway this month. Yes, and we, we have listed it on our socials and on our website, uh, what the giveaway is. It's just easier if you go to the website or our socials to figure it out. It also has the terms and conditions and all that fun stuff there. Yeah, and so if you um, if you want to enter, just remember you have to be subscribed to the podcast. Yeah, so go to foreverfangirls.com forward slash giveaways. It'll list the current giveaway that we're doing, mm-hmm. and then it will list, like I said, the terms and conditions of everything else. Um Big thing to note, though, for my birthday month, there's going to be one giveaway of, in July 2023. There's going to be one giveaway every week this month. And then after that, it's going to be every other week. So every two weeks mm-hmm. until I believe it's the end of November. So this is not a short giveaway no, session. Like we have, this, a lot. we have a lot of stuff and we wanted to thank everybody a, a great deal. So really and truly, please uh, subscribe to all the socials. Follow us, join the newsletter if, if you'd like. We did start that. Mm-hmm. So anything and everything in order to stay on top of, of what the giveaways are. Okay. And with that, let's now turn to our discussion of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Sorry, that, that took a little bit of an explanation. That's okay. Anyway, go ahead. Take the synopsis. So here's what Google says. Daredevil archaeologist Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary dial that can change the course of history, accompanied by his goddaughter... He soon finds himself squaring off against Jürgen Vola, a former Nazi who works for NASA. So hate never dies, that's for sure, mm-hmm. right? To go a little deeper, the movie opens with Indiana Jones and his friend Basil 
raiding a Nazi stronghold for the Holy Lands. Indiana breaks in to try to steal the lands but gets caught. The leaders, Jürgen, is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Jürgen, yeah. Jürgen, Jürgen included, uh, leave on the tr- last train to Berlin with the artifact. Now, you know, there, there's a chase scene that happens, and then um, in that fight scene, Jürgen actually says that he has a more valuable artifact, the Antikytheria. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Yeah, every time they said it, it was like, that's a mouthful. Yes, yeah, so that's actually a an artifact that allows you, if you, it's only one half of it. Mm-hmm. If they find the other half, then they can actually find the fissures in time and theoretically. travel back. Yes, theoretically. At this point when at the film, your, your theoretical hypotheticals and all that. Yeah, so Jürgen is uh, hell-bent on, on getting this because... At the start of the movie, it is already established that the German, the Nazis are losing the war. Right? Yes. And so he he is determined to change the course of history. Well, I also think that at this point in the film, when you see this, the beginning, um, and we can just go right into the discussion if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe at that point in the film, it also is at least my impression that it was a fear of Hitler because the lance was fake. I mean, I have no idea why they were looking for the lance. Neither to do away. I. But that was, they said, that's the Fuhrer's prize. Prize possession. And yeah. so it was fake. And so he said, well, okay, it's fake, but we have something else that's better. Yeah. But no one believed him. Yeah. No one believed him. So. And then, of course, he got, you know, one of those, you know, those old poles that hang over the train lines. He got that to the face and survived that. Yeah. I don't know how. If I, if we were watching um, CinemaSins. Have you ever seen CinemaSins where like he would hit me like he survives this and that's a sin. And I just the minute that happened, I immediately screamed CinemaSins is going to do Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And this is going to be no, he survives this. Ding. Yeah. Without without like major, you know how some villains will have like a scar or something. He had like he had nothing. Didn't look like he had anything. So anyway. But anyway, let's go to the good. To me, it felt like a classic Indiana Jones film, which doesn't really and I'm going to be honest, I don't think it really flies anymore mm. because movies have like a different formula to them now, it feels. But this was a classic Indiana Jones movie, a, a very, um, I don't know, it just, it felt like the original it three. It brought the nostalgia back. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It was a fun figure out the puzzle and go, you know, on an adventure type movie. That's it. Yeah. Every time that movie, co- or the the music comes on, excuse mm-hmm. me, the, the music, and then Harrison Ford's puts on his hat it's like oh yay it's indie it was a fun romp right it's supposed to be that like you said the you know figure out the puzzle and then go on an adventure trying to decipher all of the 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 ancient languages and trying to figure out okay what do they mean where is this artifact you know um the the scene that i actually kind of liked and i thought it was actually done really well is when they went to the deep, and and they were they they were trying to find the, I guess the the other the other part of or the tablet that led them to the other correct. part. I think that's the impression they were under yes. at the time. So you know they they went down to the deep, and I'm like, oh, you know, I understand that we're scuba divers. Mm-hmm. So they went to the deep, and I'm like, you know, three minutes downtime. Yeah, three minutes downtime. They were down there for more than three minutes. Uh, yes. Realm of disbelief, but... Exactly. But, you know, it's fine. Um, but the thing that I like there is they introduce the eels, which 
do look like snakes. Mm-hmm. And we we all know that Indiana Jones hates snakes. So I like that twist that they did. Mm-hmm. There. Where it wasn't the stereotypical snakes. It was yeah. a, an eel. I I just, when I saw all those eels popping out at him, I'm like, how are they missing? Did they go to the Stormtrooper School of Shooting? <laughs> you know, because, I mean, they were, they were surrounding him and none of them got a bite in? Uh, well. Even when he's like, because his hand, he was fighting them off with something in his hand. I think it was a flashlight. And then she reaches in as goddaughter and he grabs her hand and it's yanked up. They didn't grab his ankle? They didn't take a little nibble? I don't know. That was something that was like, mm, okay. But again, it's it's a classic style film. It's not it's not like today's type stuff where there's yes, there's action sequences, but yes, there's explosions. And okay, so maybe that section is still the same. Yeah, but the storylines are different. The way things are laid out felt different than than it is today. So I liked that they went back to the original because I think if they brought indie to the modern formula, it wouldn't work. Right, and Harrison Ford is in his eighties. He aged, and mm-hmm. he there are certain things that he cannot do. And I think that the, the film actually, in the intro, after the chase scene at the very beginning, he is introduced as a professor teaching at a college, teaching archaeology. Mm-hmm. and that, Retiring. Yeah, that to me is a natural progression, right, of the character. But they still kept the crankiness and the quirkiness of, of the character, course. which I... But you know how some films try to reinvent things mm. when they bring them back after a long hiatus and you're like, it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same character. At least they kept the essence of the character. Yeah. The chemistry between, you know, the three leads, I guess, mm-hmm. I thought it worked. It it worked for them. I, I think Teddy was the linchpin for the two of them. I think if that character's not there, I don't think it does. Mm. Um, but it does work. I think that, you know, the villain, Jürgen, was the stereotypical villain. It, it fit. Mm-hmm. You know how a lot of movies now, they try to show you that the bad person has, like, a good side? You need to oh, understand yeah. and sympathize with them? Yeah. Jürgen is just evil. Plain, simple evil. He wants to go back in time. He wants to undo stuff. He wants to change history. He wants to win. Like he says, to the victor go the spoils. That's what he wants. Yeah. It was somewhat refreshing that I didn't have to sit there and be like, oh, I kind of feel bad. For-. No, the dude was evil. I didn't have to think about it. I could eat my my cookie dough Hershey stuff and not care. He was a bad guy. And let us put a pin in that because I want to address something later. Well, I actually agree with what you posted later. Uh, Okay. All right. Cool. Um, And as far as the other thing I'm going to put with with regards to the trio, there's a pin for me. Oh, okay. The the other thing I really liked about this is, as I've been harping on it, it's a classic Indiana Jones film. There's no twists. There's no major turns. Yeah, there was a minor little like, oh, look at that. Like when they did find the fissure and they did go back in time, it turns out, at least again, my impression, maybe I was wrong, that it only goes back in time to that one specific point. Yeah. Because Archimedes needed help. It's just a big It's a big loop. loop. He created this device to get help to scare the Romans away so that they don't fall, so yeah. that he doesn't lose. Yeah. To the victor go the spoils. Right. Which is why it was split in two so that, you know, once the once a, a, an initial loop actually happened and they can c- come back, that it doesn't happen again because, you know, then it's a forever infinite loop. But doesn't it have to be? See, this is where... <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Okay. So I'm going to kind of jump right into the bad and just say there was a lot of action like we expect from an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, but it felt long, right? It felt long because unlike the original Indiana Jones films that I, again, you're kind of going nostalgia versus novelty Mm -hmm. here a little bit. Yeah. 
but I do remember more of a foundational groundwork. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that was missing and replaced with more in-your-face action. And I wonder if that's because of modern-day audiences getting all of these Marvel, DC, and all these other films where it's nonstop action and very little story. But the thing is, there there is such a thing as you always say. There's judicious editing where you could still get the big bang of all of these action sequences without dragging it on. There's certain like that that intro. That intro was, was very, very long. long. <laughs> so I mean, I was just like, okay, yeah, I, I get, I get it. it. He's young. I get it. He's fighting <laughs> Nazis. I how, like. Let's be honest. The train, half of the train sequence. How many cars did we need to see him go through? Where he opens up a car, and then there's all the Nazis. You know, there was just so many little things that they did right. that if they trimmed five minutes here, six minutes here, two minutes here, I think they could have trimmed about thirty minutes to forty minutes. Yeah, and it would have been a very, very tight film. And I yeah. think you would still have the essence of what it is that they were trying to do. And I think you, it you would still have. Fun that feel of nostalgia without the feel of checking my watch. Right. The other thing that I thought was a bad, right? Mm-hmm. And if I notice it, that's really bad. When they were in the ear of Dionysus, mm-hmm. they crossed the bridge. And at one point, the bridge got destroyed. In the later scene, when they were trying to escape, the bridge is miraculously rebuilt and fixed. Yeah. And there's no explanation. There's no explanation. I and they're dragging Indiana Jones, who's been shot, so he can't walk. Right. I don't think that it's a different bridge. It does. It didn't seem like a different bridge because Mm-mm. they they left the way they came. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a very big blooper. Someone missed that. I don't know if they missed it or if they wrote themselves into a, a corner or they edited a sequence out that explained there was another bridge. Mm. I don't know, but anybody watching it should have seen that because it's glaring. Yeah. So, like I said, because I noticed it, I'm like, ooh, that's a bad. Again, in my head, CinemaSins went bing. Mm. Um, okay, what else is bad? Okay, so we're going <laughs> to... There could have been more development regarding the story. Mm. You know, the artifacts, why should we really care? And I'm going to go ahead and bring up um, one of my... If the whole time travel thing mm. was really uh, haphazardly thrown together... And I know it sounds like I'm bashing the film. I'm just trying to be really nitpicky because this is what we do when we review these things. You're saying you're going back in time and you're going to change the fabric and you're going to change this. But if they do that, we've also discussed that it changes everything. Like at the end, um, Helena is discussing you can't stay here, Indy. You have you have a place. You have to come back with me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, who am I there for? For who? And she looks at him and you're like, aw. And then you're realizing she wants him there. You know, it's a very emotional moment. And that's great. Here's the problem. There's no discussion of the ramifications of two massive planes that went back in time that were called dragons. There's no writing about it in history books. They never mention that there were dragons that came to the battle. And they talk about the battle repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So were they there first? But if you're talking about history and time, they say, that they won the battle of Syracuse if they won the battle of Syracuse because the Romans left that was because of the dragons because they went back in time and now they're here at the point where they're supposed to go back in time why wasn't it written in history books why was this you know not needed to be found you know what are the ramifications you find the watch on uh, Archimedes Archimedes tomb. tomb it's on his wrist so if you find it on the wrist why is he handing the watch back with the tablet, the 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 unit United uh, Dial of Destiny back to Indy that means he won't have the watch there's too many open-ended thought processes in my head that it was 
really annoying me towards the end, like when the credits were rolling, because I was really thinking about it. So it wasn't. It wasn't. It was it too many unanswered. All of yeah. the open loops. There were too many unanswered questions that could have been answered. Mm. It's the suspension of disbelief, right? It, it, I, it was like the bridge for me. It was just very blatant. Mm. So I mean, there could have been a little more explanation, or have them go through the fabric of time, see them chase away everything and then see them fly back out but to crash the plane on the beach yeah the bodies being there yeah you know there's a there's a lot it's of very damage it's very hard to believe that the people there at the battle would not talk about it yeah you don't know what one change of what decision, the ripple effect is yeah. what that ripple effect is so unless the plane's supposed to be there and again if it is why isn't in history yeah well like i said suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. but for me though it was hard for me. I don't know if this is necessarily a bad, but I understand that it was a good thing for them to show that Indiana Jones is getting old, right? Mm-hmm. But it was hard for me to see him act out the the action sequences because I I know he's eighty. You know, I'm like, oh, don't break a bone, you know, don't fall. It's very hard, dude. Kudos to him for doing. This. Oh my god, yeah. He's th- but even he just eats the scenery, you know. He yeah. can just stand there and do that little quirky lip, and you're like, "There's Indy." Yeah. Like at the very end, when he just reaches out, grabs a hat, reaches back in, like <laughs> Indy. I was more thinking, you know, when they were climbing the the rocks again. Oh, but that was so the- me. It's like he's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "No, bad elbows, bad arms, bad shoulders." And I'm like, "But that's that to me was very relatable." Yes, absolutely. So I don't know if that was a bad. I I find that to be relatable. It's it, it's not a bad. It's just that it 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 is the recognition mm. that he is older, and that certain scenes I was like, "Oh my god, time, yeah, time moves." I know you you made a point here, so I don't know if you want to go back to your oh pen. yes 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 my pen. You mentioned that Jurgen mm-hmm. is classic a villain. classic villain. To me, though, he wasn't scary enough. And I was just, like, irritated by him. Like, can you just go away? Here's the thing with, with Jurgen. I get your point he wasn't scary enough because we have become accustomed to villains like Thanos. Mm. Okay, where they, they're flushed out over films upon films upon films. And I'm thankful, so very thankful, that this was one film and not part one or... Mm. You know, part one of six or whatever it is, because we saw a trailer for Mission Impossible part one. There was Dune part one. You know, there's a lot of part ones instead of just giving me the whole film in three hours. Mm -hmm. But I felt that he was exactly the more terrifying character because you knew he wanted to go back in time and change something. The guy who has the money and the power, which he did, he was close to the president of the U.S., Got people on the moon. He literally could snap his fingers and have anybody helping him. He literally walked to an airfield and changed everybody into Nazi regalia Yes, to fly back because they thought they were going back in time to basically, I believe they said, to kill Hitler because he took um he, he took their ideal and he, he damaged it because he was not a, a good enough leader, they uh-huh. said, I believe. But the point is, to me, he was more terrifying because of what he didn't say. You didn't know what he was going to do. So anyone with the power to change history, and he just was very silent. Did I think he was someone that I would be terrified, like Pennywise? No. Did he frighten me or give me that classic cruel evil to the core vibe? Yeah. So it's more psychological for yeah. you. I don't know. It just for me, I guess we'll just agree to disagree. I just It was not that way for me. But I can villain. see your point. 
because again, we are used to being given a different villain recently. Mm. Um, so let's, are there any other points to, oh, I had one. <laughs> Helena is really hard to like. You think so? I wow, do. Because she, she was uh, not the classic good guy, um, quote, air quote. I don't want to say classic good person. It was just very hard sometimes to see where she was coming from and like her actions and see how Indy was still accepting of her when literally she ditched him how many times to either be killed by the CIA or killed by the eels until she comes back and sticks her hand in there to pull them out. I can understand that. But for me, I think it was her just trying to figure out how to survive because she didn't have a father figure, right? Her father was so obsessed with the... Dial uh, of destiny. The, yeah, architetheria. I'm just saying dial of destiny. <laughs> the dial of destiny. That it seemed like he totally abandoned her. So I understood the motivation for the character to do what she needed to do to survive. It wasn't a turnoff for me necessarily, but the fact that Indy did see the good in her still was, I think, the redeeming factor for her, for her character, so that she can get on the straight and narrow path. I don't know. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on that because there were, there were really moments fine. I just couldn't stand her. That's totally fine. Are we good to go in the cute then? I think so. Teddy is adorable throughout. <laughs> I really found that the character of Teddy, like I had mentioned earlier, was like the linchpin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his expressions when they were arguing on the motorcycle trip through, I don't remember where they were. I but want they to say were, Tunisia, were, but that's not right. Yeah, I don't remember where they were, but they were going through the back streets and Indy and Helena are fighting and literally Teddy's just looking between them like, really? Really? <laughs> You're and doing the, this now? The expressions are priceless. And yeah. the no-nonsense middleman. Mm-hmm. I just, I liked the character. I felt that character was a little more fleshed out than some of the villains. Mm, I agree. For me, the cute was towards the end when Marion actually comes into the apartment after Indy was dragged back to his time. Oh, that was funny when Helena's like, I'm sorry, too, and like knocks him. Which, by the way, did you notice everybody gets to knock everybody out with one punch, even though like... It really? is what it is. That but would be like anyway, going back to my point. Yes. Um, Indy was the one who asked, well, where doesn't it hurt? Because they were talking about where everything hurts, right? <laughs> you know what that's like. <laughs> because, yes, um, Marion just basically points to her elbow and says it doesn't hurt here and then he kisses it and then she said it doesn't hurt on her shoulder and then he kisses it and i'm like oh how cute is that 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 was really cute so it was an adorable end yeah absolutely and then him grabbing the hat at the end you're like oh i think the point of the film was that indiana lives in all of us that adventurous spirit lives in all of us Mm. and it's a matter of holding on to it and not letting it go because it doesn't matter what age you are you know you can have that adventure you can go do things yeah sure maybe it'll take you longer to climb up that wall because your shoulders are just not (laughs) but at the end of the day life is meant to be fun it could be fun, you know, hanging out with lived. your feet. Yeah, go do something. Yeah, even if it's just hanging out with your friends at a barbecue, it's it's the experience and the journey that matters. And I, I think that's the whole point of Indiana Jones, because out of all of his artifacts, all of the stuff that he has in his cage treasure trove, what's the one thing that he came back to and wanted most than anything? Marion. Marion. Yep, that was the most important. He traveled all over the world, had all these great adventures, and he always comes back. To Marion. Yep. So I think that is our discussion of Indiana Jones, yes? And the Dial of Destiny. Okay. So 
Uh, now it's time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. We rate Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny 3.5 stars. Yay! Yay! We agree on this rating. You have to go into this not really expecting like Marvel or DC. I think that's the number one point to mention. Mm. It is just a fun film for what it's meant to be. If you're looking for an after credit scene that leads into something else or has some wild twist, you're not going to find it. And, and maybe that's the problem. Um, unlike things that are coming out soon or recently released, like I mentioned, it is not part one of part 12 of part seven or part whatever. It literally is a beginning to end film. So you can eat your popcorn, add some crunchy M&Ms if you find them because this salty sweet is really good. <laughs> but it's just a simple continuation of a great character that carries nostalgia throughout. Is it perfect? Not by any stretch of the imagination. Is it hard to watch at points during the film? Yeah, it, it kind of is. But that's more of a personal thing than a film thing. Indiana Jones is just a fun movie night. That's it. Yep. For me, the opening scene is a testament to how technology has evolved as they took all of Harrison Ford's facial expressions throughout the earlier films and used AI to actually superimpose it on his current face. Now, I thought that was really incredible. That said, there were some special effects that didn't quite get there. Also, you know, we were talking about the continuity issue of the bridge, right? Um, but anyway, that aside, it is a bittersweet movie as it did bring back all of the nostalgic elements of the original films and didn't shy away from the fact that Harrison Ford is 80 years old. It's a harsh reality that even good old Indy really can't escape the hands of time. If I could turn back time. Oh, my goodness. If I could find All right. We don't want to get sued. Stop it. I was also singing that because we were in Hawaii and we were actually on the battleship. And I turned around. I'm like, USS Missouri, the USS Missouri. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this looks like the the battleship that Cher shot. If I could turn back time on. I don't know what it is about it, but I'm just seeing the video clear as day. Lo and behold, I was right. Um, (laughs) Anyway, that is going to be our show for today, folks. As always, thank you for tuning in. And thanks to our sponsor, Kindness Untamed. We hope you enjoy the discussion uh, of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. If you'd like to send us a message, you can do so on any of our socials or Forever Fangirls Podcast at gmail.com. Reviews are greatly appreciated. Podchaser.com is the best place to do that or anywhere where you listen. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, the victor may get the spoils, but it depends on what is won. Nothing is better than forming or healing the bonds of family and friendship.